All right, back again with another episode of Perfecting Progression. Um, here we have uh, my man's Winston Delata Badir, and I'm happy to have him on this episode. Um, it's going to be a good, engaging um, conversation that you guys will love to hear. We're going to talk about a, a number of different things, but before I kind of go about what, we'll, what we will be talking about today, um, I'm going to introduce or I'm going to have my man's introduce himself, um, and he can kind of go from there. Man, listen, I'm I'm blessed. This is a big one right here for us, man. Um, been years in the making. Um, my name is Winston Scott Deladibadere the third. I'm the defensive line coach at the University of Minnesota, but I'm also the newcomer coordinator. Um, and I'm sitting here, man, with with my college roommate, dog. And we about, to, we about to get after it a little bit, so yes, I'm sir. excited. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, again, I appreciate you for being um, on this episode. Um, my last episode, I had um, another guy who you're familiar with who ran track. That was Jonathan Johnson, and we had a, um, a good talk. That was the barbershop talk, and if anybody hasn't tuned into that episode yet, please do so. It's a lot of, it's a lot of game, a lot of knowledge into, um, into that podcast episode that I think a lot of people will be um, able to take away from and and I think even in this one this is going to be very very powerful for people to have their ears to and and again I've been getting a lot of good feedback about the name of perfecting progression because honestly when you think about um, you know your daily obstacles um, within life we all strive to be perfect we all strive to understand what can we do um, to be better um, you know in in today and the next day so right um, so yeah, just just to kind of kick things off with this with this episode. This episode is going to be called Huddle Up. Um, you guys know that we come from a um, you know an athletic background, specifically football, and like you know, like my guy Winston said, he he's been you know he's been in the coaching ranks. He's been coming up and he's been making a name for himself. So you know, coming up with a name and and him being my you know him being my roommate, my brother playing ball with each other at University of Minnesota. I think it was best bet to kind of kind of come up with some. Um, football relation, um, you know, type topic to, to have, and that was huddle up. So, um, yeah, so just kind of going into going into the first topic, we're going to kick off and uh, kind of go right into coaching. So speaking about coaching, I, I kind of come from a coaching background because right now I got some of the kids that I'm out here in uh, Minnesota um, doing a 707 deal with Minnesota Hitman and um you know, we're getting those kids ready for college. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, we have three age groups. We have 14, we have 15, and we have 18. Right. Um, but there are a number of different age groups that, that, that we run across um, we're, when we're at these tournaments. But the main thing that these kids are so excited for is just kind of, you know, wherever they go, whether it's D1, D2, you know, D1 AA, um, D3, they're, they're kind of, you know, happy that one, they have they have guys on their staff that are seasoned. They come right. from they come from you know um, either whether it was D one they play in the NFL. It's a it's a staff that I'm a part of, and we're able to kind of give back to the kids and give back knowledge, and they're able to perform some of the things that we're telling them, and they're starting to see like oh my god, like the stuff that these guys are telling me is actually applying. So right. when they start to see these connections, and we start to bring guys in like yourself, and they start to see oh. Like Coach Dior or Coach Trav or like how, like how do they know these people and, and then they start to bring it all together once we start putting you guys on a platform like this so you guys can speak. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think this would be helpful. So kind of walk me through when we talk about coaching, kind of walk me through um, the inspiration. Like 
how did you find your way into you know leaving you know leaving football and then kind of staying with football going into this route man look so this is something that everybody really doesn't know and and what makes this podcast special is is this is going to be it's going to be raw and uncut now, when I mean raw and uncut, it's going to be coming from a vulnerable place. So a lot of people be able to hear things, you know, they might not have heard, yep. you know, before. Yep. Um, I didn't want to coach. Did okay. not want to coach. Okay. Uh, when I finished, um, actually, Dior and I played at the same college gridiron showcase. It was our last little all-star game. Hoorah before COVID hit. Yep. And um, we weren't drafted in the NFL. And that's kind of just, you know, straight up and flat out like that. Um, but... After that happened, I had a mentor of mine who was a very, very valued coach uh, who said, hey, man, listen, you need to come and you need to you need to GA for me. I'm yep. like, this dude is nuts. Yep. Like, this is crazy. I'm not going to GA and put in all this time and work with these guys. But my dream is still out there. I, I want to be the guy who's playing. I want to be, you know, putting my skill and my talent to good use. Um, all the while, man, God had another plan. Yep. Um, I remember praying. And saying, okay, if I'm going to do this, God, like, and this is what you really want me to do, like, make my make my path clear and make the vision known. Um, it's a scripture that talks about um, just being able to write the vision and making it plain so those who may run can read it. And and basically what that means is I'm going to put my vision out there. I'm going to believe in it. And God, if this is the path you've got for me, I pray that it makes me, you know, elevate in that kind of realm. And it did. Yeah. So I went from being a a GA at UNC Charlotte, to being a GA at Oregon, to being a position coach at Akron, to being a position coach in the Big Ten at the age of 25. Um, and that was all just because, um, you know, I believed in God and I, I was faithful um, in the things that he asked me to do. That doesn't mean I didn't wake up and had to work. Yeah. That doesn't mean it, was, it wasn't long nights. That doesn't mean that it, uh, a lot of days and a lot of practices and a lot of situations were extremely uncomfortable because they were, but that comfort or fighting against that comfort, resisting mm -hmm. that comfort, was uh, eventually what made me be able to expand my ability to coach. Message. So that's kind of where I was coming from with yes, it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is that is very very um, pivotal, you know, for for people to hear, and I think it's relating to me. But I, I I want my audience to hear that because at the end of the day, I you know I kind of talked about this a little bit in my first episode about you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Things are not going to be. You know, it's clear all the time. You have to put in the work to make it clear until it's actually there in front of you, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, just kind of, you know, going into that a little bit more, um, you kind of talked about, you know, you not want to put in all of your time and your effort into coaching and not understanding where this might take you. But you just kind of walk me through two GA positions, one position um one position job that you got at Akron and now you're here at University of Minnesota kind of walk me through those career obstacles cuz we you know we we definitely know a lot of guys who might want to get into coaching right. um and things of that nature but they don't understand that you can't go straight to essentially you know a job you know a job at a Big 10 or a job at a mm -hmm. Mac like there you have to start ground up so kind of give me your career obstacles of where you started and and where you are now man it was tough so um i was not uh very um, proficient on the technical side of being a coach. So everybody thinks that coaching is just sitting on the sideline yelling, um, you know, working technique and fundamentals. And, and it is working technique and fundamentals and being able to have value and reflect confidence from the sideline. But also it's being able to draw up playbooks, mm -hmm. being able to find different 
teaching styles for these young men because I deal with and have dealt with a lot of young men who have had slight learning disabilities, yep. a lot of young men who have ADHD, a lot of young men who have ADD, a lot of young men who uh, go through different things where it's hard for them to pay attention, it's hard for them to conceptualize what I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. Now, what really is stretching me as a teacher is how do I get 21 uh, 17 to 22 year old men to listen to me for an hour, two hours at a time, yes, straight. Sir. Yes, sir. How am I able to do that? That's a that's an obstacle in itself. If you're not uh, confident in yourself as a teacher, you're going to struggle. But then you have to be confident in yourself and being able to use Visio and being able to draw different things and being able to create different images, pictures, slideshows, videos. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I even use Kahoot. Right. And just being able to show my guys and teach my guys technique, mixing it with scheme, mixing it with different fundamentals that they need to be able to understand. So right. um, it was hard for me at first because I could teach on the field. That was the easy part. Mm -hmm. Playing uh, playing uh, D-line at, at a Big Ten institution. I had five D-line coaches. I had three head coaches. I had uh, essentially four defensive coordinators. I knew football. Yep. But did I know how to put to put it together from a from a technological standpoint, I'll tell y'all this, man, and and shout out to, to Will Healy. I have a lot of respect for that guy. He gave me my first ever job at UNC Charlotte under Marcus West, who was my DC and is my mentor with the Bills. Man, shout out Will Healy. He saw me uh, kicking the copy machine at Charlotte. It was 6 a.m. I was kicking the copy machine. Why was a grown man kicking a copy machine? Because I didn't know how to use a copy machine. Yeah. I didn't know how to use a fax machine. I didn't know how to, to get things um, in a correct manner and be able to hand them out in a professional fashion yep. to 21 different different uh, young men. So, you know, he got on me a little bit about that. And it's something that we look back and at the moment it wasn't funny, but it's funny now. Mm -hmm. um, because how are you going to be a coach if you don't know how to use a copy machine? I thought I was the only one in the building, y'all. Yep. So I was in there fussing with the copy <laughs> machine and mad, right? But at the end of the day, it's a yep. lot more to coaching than just getting out there, putting a whistle on and thinking that you got it together, man. Yes, sir. It, it's it's not that easy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and I think, um, you know, you know, uh, a nugget that I want to leave um, with people as well is I think it's I think it's important to understand. I think we all must soak and sit in our weakness. It's okay to mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, that weakness becomes a strength. It becomes a strength. If you leave it alone, it's going to be it's gonna be weak and then it's gonna be weaker. Right. You have to understand that if you wanna be more versatile, if you wanna be um, what Winston said, if you wanna understand how to teach these different kids and everybody is not gonna be the same, you have to be understanding that how do you create impact? How do you separate yourself from the pack and say, right. this guy Winston, he's different from everybody else because he can deliver things that just this person can't do. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes for everybody. When you talk about perfecting progression, you wanna figure out ways that you yourself as an individual can get better in whatever it is, your skill set, your profession, in life, with family. Like it's, it's a number of different things, but that, that, that definitely hits home. And um, also, so as, as we talked about those career obstacles and you found your expertise in um, and coaching, let's get more niche in, in what your expertise is in. Um, and that's, you know, dealing with the D-line, dealing with the big fellas. Um, so kind of walk me through your D-line emphasis, um, what you kind of focus in on when it comes to those techniques, when it comes to body frame, when it comes to the type of guys that you're looking for 
to coach. Right. So, man, I'll tell you this. Um, I love defensive line. But I didn't really learn defensive line until, just like Dior said, I got out of my comfort zone. I played defensive end in college. Um, edge guys are pretty. They're smooth. They're swift. They're athletic. Uh, but I never played D-tackle except for on third down. Those big nasties on the inside, they're living a different life than we're mm -hmm. living. Uh -oh. um, so it was beautiful when uh -oh. I got to go to Oregon yep. and I was spending time, splitting the time between the edges and the D tackles. Yep. And I was learning how to coach a four eye. I was learning how to coach a zero. I was learning how to coach a one or three. And then when I went back and I would work with those edge guys who were extremely talented out there, it was easy because I already knew how to coach a five technique. I knew how to work a six. Right. Different things like that. But um, just from a D line emphasis, man, I love rushing the passer. I love to be able to teach rushing the passer. I love the fundamentals of it um, and I love being able to grow in it as well. But I feel like you have to have a certain amount of nastiness and tenacity to teach somebody how to stop the run. Um, teaching a guy how to stop the run is that's the dirty grunt work is a bit other business. Rushing the passer is like uh, going ahead and working at Google. Right. So I'm driving in California. I pull up at Google. OK. And, and, and I'm chilling, you know, and I got I got a slide and I got yoga in my office and I got a hot tub and all that. It's pretty out there. It's pretty out there. It's pretty out there. You go ahead. You put yourself in a one technique. You take on a double team. OK. Now you're in the coal mines in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yep. All right. Yep. Now you work. Now you working and it's nasty and it's grimy and it's disgusting. But you've got to get the whole room to understand, like, that's where we make our money at. If you can stop the run, yeah. you'll be able to rush the passer. That's look, that's what always made it fun. Right. Team efforts. I had all my roommates were DBs. Mm -hmm. OK, so I was the big guy. But all the guys that that were in the room with me and Dior were, were defensive backs. So I was like, man, listen. As much as y'all want to think y'all doing this thing by yourself, if we not hitting that quarterback and putting pressure on them, trenches. Hey, y'all not, y'all not, you know what I'm saying? Y'all yeah. are not able to, to get interceptions. So getting guys to just take pride in that has been awesome. Teaching young guys has been the most fun because young guys get so frustrated because in high school, everybody was good. That's right. Like if you were a college football player, you were the guy. You come mm -hmm. to college, all of a sudden, um, you know, everybody's, it's, it's, it's starting to separate the men from the boys. So right. I love watching the younger guys grow, but then the older guys, you know, teaching old dogs new tricks mm -hmm. is not an easy thing at all, mm -hmm. uh, but they're getting it and they're very malleable and they've, they've been open as our relationship has begun to improve. So um, that's, that's from a, from a D line emphasis kind of where I'm at, yep. but I'm continuously growing, man. And I always want to be better at what I'm doing. Correct. And, and before we go on to the next topic, kind of give me some goals that you have, I guess, for yourself going into this year, um, your first time, um, being in the big 10. Right. So I would say this, man, I want to be better every single game than I was the game before. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say, oh my gosh, that's cliche. That's this, that's that. No, at the end of the day, if my guys are getting better, even if it's, you know, the smaller thing, the smallest things, like I'm, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's going to be looking at the stats. I'm not looking at the results. I'm not worried about the results. I'm worried about the process. Correct. Are these guys understanding the moves? Are they understanding uh, their landmarks? Are they understanding where their eyes are supposed to be? Are they still moving tense or are they moving smooth? I want these guys to be able to feel like they walked off the field better on December 31st than they were on July 31st when Correct. we start. Um, or January 1st, you know, or January 5th. Shoot, if we even go even further, you know, then people will have us projected to go. So um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited. The guys are hungry. They're fresh. They feel good. They're looking good. Um, and I'm, we're hoping to terrorize some quarterbacks this year. 
deal, good deal, good deal. And, and this is a smooth transition. I'm glad that you just kind of talked about your goals and, um, you know, what, what you will be looking for in your guys, you know, as you guys go into camp, as you guys, you know, go into the film room and, and, and prepare to be the best you can be, um, you know, and be that top dog in the Big Ten and be that top dog in wherever you guys land at. So um, as we transition um, into the next topic, this is going to be talking about the process of success. Mm. So this is, you know, this is, you know, just the way we ended, um, you know, just the way we ended the, the, the first topic of what, you know, what your goals are um, going into this year. Now we're going into the process of success. So when we talk about the process, the process of success, you kind of hit on it already, but let's talk about mental preparation. I think when we talk about the process of success, it's always you got to you got to start somewhere first. You got to start from the ground up first. And I think the first thing that that's going to lead you there is how is your mind um, organized and how is your mind being put together and how are you being coached? So I guess kind of walk me through your mental preparation as you're going into camp as you're going into the film room as you're going into um preparation for the first game kind of kind of walk me through that so i'm i'm big on um the zone mm -hmm. and and dior and i have talked about this before but i was reading a book it's, it's called relentless by tim grover mm -hmm. okay and this guy's coach michael jordan or trained excuse me michael jordan charles barkley Dwayne wade and what he talks about is there's somewhere mentally that the greats go, okay, when it's time for them to perform and it's the zone. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. truthfully, as a player, I, I have that. When I became a coach and I left the field, I had to find a way to apply the zone to half the time I'm in the office, half the time I'm on the field. Correct. The other half of the time I'm recruiting. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yep. And as different phases start, okay, I'm in a zone. Yeah. Um, so if I'm going into the film room, uh, and my guys know this as well, I, I, we have something that activates us so they know, hey, it's time to lock in. Mm -hmm. um, if it's time for them to go get snacks and get water, hydrate, different things like that, it's not a goofy environment, but it's not rigid yet. Yep. Uh, when the door closes, uh, mouths shut, butts are in seats, pins are in hands yep. because they can look in my eyes and they can tell I'm in the zone and they need to match my intensity, Correct. Um, which is the standard of the room. And the standard is the standard a common thing that you guys hear said most commonly said by Mike Tomlin. Yep. Um, so when you're talking about that zone, man, I, I take myself there. And sometimes it takes music, which we'll get into later on. I don't want to allude to anything else in the podcast, but that'll be a fun part of yes, it. Um, or it takes uh, listening to a sermon or even reading a book, but I bring myself to some type of calmness to understand, okay, it's, it's time to mold these young men. Yep. Uh, where are you going to go in order to make sure that it gets done mentally so you can, you can elevate them and help them continue to, to grow? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and, and you alluding to being in the zone. I, I like to say, ton, I like to use tunnel vision, but it's, the, you know, it's, it's really the same thing. Cause I feel like, um, and I can't say, I can't say I feel, I feel like all all people should have it or everybody should have it. It's only a, a select few that, you know, whether you're in sports, whether you're just, you know, in, in sales or whatever you might do, there has to be some type of part in you that has to lock in and mm -hmm. understand that you cannot have any distractions that's going to take you away from the main goal that's going to get you to 
the next step in whatever right. you need to do. Right. So, or nothing can distract you. Yeah. Now I'm so far in the zone that I'm not being distracted by the pettiness around me. And, yeah. and that's what young people yes, struggle with. Yes, sir. The pettiness, yes, sir. the Twitter, yep. the outside noise. Um, none of that stuff should throw you off of your game if you're truthfully in the place where you know you're knee deep in the process. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a Batman clip, man. A Batman clip. I don't know what movie it is, but it's the movie with Bane, mm -hmm. right? And he says, you know, I would, you were, you, he basically, he was saying that uh, Batman talks about, he claims the dark, but Bane was born in it, mm -hmm. molded by it. Mm -hmm. And last year with my guys at Akron, I would tell them all the time, when we see success, mm -hmm. uh, it'll be because we, we already failed in the dark. When you see success in the light, you've already failed in the dark. And, and we Shoot. failed a lot in practice. And then we failed on a, on a world stage. And then we failed over and over and over again. Yes, and all of a sudden, we go and we play NIU and we hold them under 100 rushing yards with three sacks yes, and an interception along with a forced fumble all in the same game. Yes, sir. Um, to go on to lose to a bowl-winning Buffalo team the next week as we held them to 47 rushing yards with two sacks okay and being able to do the same thing that next week from a tenacity standpoint but we started to see the work done in the dark yep. come to fruition and uh i'm just here to say man all to all the young people who might be listening uh stay stay very 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 confident in your process mm -hmm. um the result might not always be what you think it's gonna be, mm -hmm. but the process will take you to where you need to go at the end of the day, and that's gonna to attribute to your journey, so. Yes, sir, yes, sir, and, and I feel like you took the words right out of my mouth just because I think what I was gonna to allude to is, you know, when we talk about that zone, when we talk about that tunnel vision, it's just the fact that, you know, you can, from those two things, We've all we've all been a you know we've all been guilty of it or we all been a you know a victim of it. But you have to actually bump your head. You actually have to you have to live through those experiences. I'm trying to remember what you just said, but you have to live through those. Ex you have to go you through the dark. Fail, man. Yeah, you gotta fail. You gotta go through the you gotta go through the dark. You have to live those experiences, you know, for yourself. And I just talked to my dad today, and you know, you know, and you know, just kind of. You know, when we talk about my mom, like my mom, so like when I talk about my mom, like sometimes like as a mom or maybe all moms might do, they want to make sure that their their oldest or that their baby, they don't bump their head at right. all. They don't right. they don't want to see you bump your head. Dad, now dad, I don't know wh whose dad is similar to, to this, but my dad is more so like, you know, you have to learn. I'm going to put you through the fire so you can bump your head so you can figure it out for yourself because right. I already know what's going to happen, but it's, it's a difference between you not actually going through it and then you actually seeing it for yourself and going through it and then Correct. you learn it and then you understand it why pops told me this and now i can understand and i can put it together myself now right so that 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 definitely resonates and, I, and i'm glad you you spoke to that and i think um with just also something i wanted to talk about too is just with understanding the process of success that i want to leave a nugget with people is just being in the present i've been catching myself say that a lot um, you know, in the past, shoot, in the past few months, but just actually being in the present, you know, a lot of people ask me, um, you know, like, 
what do you have planned or what is your roadmap or what is, you know, what is your career, um, you know, trajectory? What do you have planned for the next year? I literally tell people all the time, like, of course, people see me and say, you've come a long way. They might know my story, but I kid you not, like, I stay in the present. I stay in the present. I make sure um, I do what needs to be done for that day. I grind and I make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm not leaving nothing on the table. And if I am, then I got some work to do tomorrow um, for that present date and plus more. So I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself where it's just like, damn, like, you know, it's, 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 we all deal with stress, but it's going, it's going, for me, it makes me stressed out even more when I'm trying to think about what my next move might be two months or a year down the line. Right. So yeah, that was just something that I wanted to kind of touch on um, and leave people with, with just, you know, you know, maybe try to, you know, maybe try to be in the present a little bit more when you, when you. When you when you around your family, when you around your friends, when y'all having a good time, be in the present. You know, be in the present when you around your family. Be in the present. It's it's, it's so important. Even with you know, even with what Winston is talking about coaching and football. If you have an opportunity, guys, you seize that moment. You be in the you be in the present because a lot of older guys and a lot of young guys that might be listening to this podcast, and even even guys that might be um, you know that's that's at the collegiate level or even NFL guys. They people have all heard this. They'll say that you know you better take you better take advantage of your opportunities now because you don't want to be in that position later down the line saying I wish I could have did this. Right. So you want to make sure you being in the present. And um, I'll wrap that one up. And 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 this kind of you know and and Winston kind of alluded to this you know um, a little bit as well. But understanding what distractions are mm-hmm. and. This next topic is gonna, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna dive right into understanding what distractions are. And as we all get older, and as we all go through the steps of life, we all understand, and or maybe not understand fully, but we we begin to to paint a clearer picture around um, what creating a healthy circle is. And that that will be the next topic what we will touch on, and and that's so pivotal because at the end of the day, we all have. We all have had people that we've grown up with that we love and, um, you know, it, it might get to a certain point in your life that they could be, you know, considered in your mind or considered to you as a distraction. They still might be your boy. They still might be your girl. But at, at some point, it's going to be a time where you have to seclude yourself, you know, or exclude yourself from them so you can, you know, eliminate distractions and, and, and help yourself grow um, into the person that you that you see yourself and not and not have anybody hinder you. So I guess what I will go into is that um, you know over time things become clearer. So Winston, kind of tell me about um, you know when it comes to creating a healthy circle and and kind of kind of walk me through like how has that been for you and how has things became clearer over time? Man, it's it's been it's been tough. And for me, I'm a I'm a people pleaser yep. um, to a yep. to a certain extent and growing into. Uh, into a man um, being a people pleaser is hard because at the end of the day it's gonna be when you make a decision who's mad and how mad are they and then who's glad and how glad are they mm-hmm. everybody in life is not gonna be happy right. and that's very very it was tough for me to understand and conceptualize growing up and it's funny because if my mom listens to this she's gonna laugh at this part I struggle so much with just wanting to please everybody um, that, you know, I would stretch myself thin when I would come home 
on winter breaks or summer breaks or whatever because I would run around and I would do my best to see everybody. Man, look, when I come home now, I come home and I handle my business and I get up out of there. And yeah. it's it's nothing disrespectful uh, or it's nothing against anybody. It's just I just don't have the energy in order to be able to drain and reach out, 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 you know, um, and not get anything poured back into me. So right. I struggled really hard with people pleasing yes, sir. because I felt like I had to always be the life of the party and provide entertainment and provide love and provide, you know, at, for others. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I needed to be able to take time to rest yes, sir. for myself. And it was yes, really hard uh, for me to understand. But now if, if I feel as if my, my journey is, uh, is going to be jeopardized from somebody, I'll move away. And not in a disrespectful manner. A lot of people are big on canceling people or letting people know, I'm not talking to you. I'm, uh-uh. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to back away from you. I'm going to create a healthy amount of distance and space, but I'm going to be praying for nothing but your success. Because at the end of the day, what is holding any hate or trouble or anything like that in my heart going to do for somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to do anything. So um, the circle I have now, I'm happy with. Um, I feel blessed. I have some people that I can reach out to who are in my circle who we don't talk every day. And that's okay because that's the dynamic of our relationship. I have some people I work with that I've talked to for years and years and years. Man, I got two group chats uh, real big with guys that I work with. Oh, three, excuse me. I got uh, guys from Oregon, Akron, and Charlotte that I talk to almost every single day. And it's crazy. Uh, But when you think about, like we said, being in the zone, those were three different zones I was in. And I needed brothers, I needed people, I needed people who were going to sharpen me, iron sharpens iron, Mm -hmm. and lift me up in those times. And we will always keep those modes and moments from being that close. Similar to college, how we still got a group chat of guys that we talk to on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. But then I'll have guys who I'll hit up, man, and I'll call every once in a while just because I love them. And I got to call them and let them know, hey, man, look, I love you. Um, And if you need anything from me, Please let me know. And some people hear that and they think money, uh, but I'm not talking about money, man. I'm talking about words of encouragement. I'm talking about prayer. Shoot, it might be money, but it's it's all about the support that you're willing to give other people um, in your circle. So uh, just don't drain yourselves when it comes to overreaching. Meet people where they are, yep. but also let them understand that they've got to meet you where you are as well. Yep. Yep. And and and. Just to you know, just to grasp everything that Winston just said, um, that that literally is you know going into going into the next thing that we're talking about as well. But I've been very big on harping on this over the past few months as well. And three of the three, so out of the three, these are the two words that we're going to talk about. But the three words for me is patience. Um, patience, you know, selectiveness and control. So when we talk about, you know, um, not necessarily those three, but two, you know, and the two words that I took from what Winston just, you know, just touched on is um, control and being selective. So like you have to be in control of what you're pouring into and who's filling your cup and vice versa. You have to be very much so in control of, of that energy that you're dishing out and the energy that you're receiving. And you have to be one in control of that and you have to be selective of that you select that as you get older you start to see things clear um you know as as things are are presented to you so 
that is that is that is very very um that is very very much so um a thing that people should definitely pay attention to you know um, things will become clear and we all have to be controlling and selective with um how we spend our time um because it is very very important and um yeah so you know we're just kind of touching on that too so when we talk about creating a healthy circle winston um another way of creating a healthy circle is you know networking building connections and and understanding how important that is and even with my profession i'm always talking to people and i'm always um you know understanding how much that we've been taught you know even at the collegiate level of just you know meeting a person you know saying your name who you are looking them in the face shaking their hand and actually doing some of the soft skills that will definitely get you so far but with me speaking on that kind of talk to me about uh, when you are creating a healthy circle and you are having those people around you that are filling into your cup and, and it is helping you um, be the, 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 the best person you can be, kind of walk me through what networking means to you and what building those, you know, those, you know, those real connections mean. Networking is huge. Um, but I'm going to say this. I want to start with something, Dior. I'm going to take it off the rails. Mm -hmm. I think that this is huge. It's a piece of knowledge and it's, it's game. It's game that I don't remember exactly where I was taught this, but I've heard it multiple times since it came up, man. As a college football player and now as a college football coach, I always tell my guys, man, like y'all are y'all are C minus list celebrities. Okay, so you ain't A list, because A list is Drake, Jay-Z, Beyonce, A list is all them. C minus? C yeah, you C minus, dog. I would give a C minus. Okay, okay. I would give my guys C minus. My guys don't like to hear that, but I tell them they C minus. They think they're B, but they C minus, okay? So C, I so I give B, you know, I give B probably people on TV shows. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me think of one. It it, it I would say it depends just because if you go to Alabama, I'm considering them guys B. Okay, that's Okay. But I get no. what you wouldn't? No. No? No. Okay. Because, okay. only because there's people on, like, uh, um, you could think of, well, Nia Long might be A. Let's put pro, pro athletes in B. Okay. You could put pro athletes in B. So who's, who's going with A? Who's the A? A is, a is Drake, Drake, Kanye okay. West. I got you. Jay-Z. You could even put LeBron in A, but then you could talk about pro athletes Stefan Diggs is going to be a B you know okay. I think he's going to be a B B I see what you're saying yep. I see what you're saying uh, but now you're going to see man and I've seen so many people and not at this school but at other schools and different places treat fans so horribly and when I mean fans I don't mean the fans on Twitter you know saying you know mean things because everybody sees those but I mean like the young uh, the young people who might want to autograph or the young people who just might want to take a picture or you know the the young kids who you're making their day just by saying hello. And I, I, I just want guys to understand, like, some of those guys and some of those young people and young women, um, that's going to be like their Super Bowl in their heart when yep. they meet you. Yep. Um, and it, it really breaks my heart when I see people walk past them where they don't want to talk. And everybody's, everybody's moody and everybody has bad days. But somebody's child stood out in the rain or stood out in the snow or stood out in the heat just to say hello to you. And sometimes it might not be an autograph or a picture, but just a simple hello, have a great day, um, or a handshake or a hug might be the best thing in the world to them. So um, I think about that all the time. But anyway, 
back to networking. Um, that's that's networking. Though. That that is networking. That's networking. In Building a way. connections and In a remembering. Way. Oh, Winston or whoever I met on the on the football right. field when right. I was young and was so respectful. Yep. Was so nice. Yep. And not because you're looking for something back, but because I always think about what if somebody did that to my son mm -hmm. or my daughter or mm -hmm. who's done that to me yep. and made me feel like wow i waited out all this time to meet my hero and they want now automatically is just a bad automatically it's yep. a bad look yep. so like i want to just urge everybody who's listening to this even high school athletes man you're somebody's hero somebody's always watching you mm -hmm. um so just understand that you're going to bring joy to so many people by just doing your art and pursuing your passion uh so make sure that you're always you know, respectful and loving and kind in the best ways possible. Yes, there are fans who are disrespectful to us, and I understand that, but you can control how kind you are to others and how much compassion you show to others. So um, I'm a huge proponent for that. Um, on the other hand, this is why I'll tell you I'm old-fashioned, Dior, because, you know, we're both old souls on this podcast, mm -hmm. and we'll get to that in a minute, too, with the music. But... Mm -hmm. um, Man, networking, I, I write coaches. I write coaches. And I'll write about 30 letters hmm. in July, uh, and I'll send them out. And I'm not writing coaches asking for other jobs. Mm -hmm. I'm not writing coaches asking for anything, really. I'm just writing coaches to tell them I respect the way that they handle their business, yep. that I've watched them, and that I aspire to be like them in the way that they coach and mold uh, the young men that they're able and to that coach. that goes a long way. Um, it, it does. It does. And, and I don't do it, again, to receive anything back. But I do it because at the end of the day, um, we all are in the position we're in because of somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't get a lot of letters back. I never have. But I got a letter back from uh, a Power 5 coach last year when I was at Akron. And it was the best thing in the world for me because he took the time to sit there and write the letter and send it back when he had a million of other things that he could have done. Um, and that just made me extremely happy. It was a bright spot in my day. Uh, so when I receive letters, I do my best to make sure I, I text those guys or I continue to have a relationship with those guys. But I send letters out uh, and always will because no matter where you are, you can always network or get better or maybe you'll be able to bless somebody else through a connection that you have. Right. So um, that's what I think is a huge feather in my cap personally is I was taught to write letters by coaches that I, that brought me up in this game and, and I'll continue to pass on that free game to the young guys who sit around me, man. Write those letters and don't let anybody discourage you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's a real game right there for my brother Winston. And um, as we as we go into the last topic um, of today's of today's episode, you heard Winston kind of alluding to music and alluding to how both of us are old souls at heart and to kid you know to, to be totally honest here, and i kid you not um i really love music um now of course we have a lot of different genres when we talk about music we can break them down but um i am a person who literally i think a lot of people listens to music every single day but i think i take it to a next level when you know you know when i develop my playlist when i have um a certain old school um to me specifically when it comes to r&b or old funk and where hip-hop originated and all of that stuff and i really met um 
I really met a spinning image of me when I got to college and and I understood like, you know, some of the stuff that he was playing. I'm like, this is this is just crazy because I think what really threw me off is that, you know, going to University of Minnesota, um, you know, when I went there specifically, I think it was either a spring game or it might have been a visit. But um, this is the first time that I met Winston and I was, you know, getting to know his personality, getting to know like where he was from, the type of guy that he was. And and I remember when I went there um, at the time I was committed to Wake Forest um, and I was trying to figure out if I was going to decommit and go to go to University of Minnesota. And at the time, I believe Winston, I believe Winston maybe had maybe about, I don't know, I think he probably had two or three offers. I'm gonna let him speak to that. But specifically, he probably, he only had a few offers. And I think the next trip that he was gonna go to was University of Buffalo, or I think he went to University of Buffalo first. But either way, I kind of got it mixed up. He's gonna talk about it a little bit. But um, when I I, I met him, um, that's when I met him. um, And then when we went to the airport and we were departing, um, just like how we were old. So it's a lot of stuff, just like, just like what Winston said, a lot of the reasons that we are in positions is because of somebody else. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that we learn is because of somebody else or somebody that like gave us guidance. And a lot of this old school and a lot of this music that we're referring to came from our fathers. It came from some of the stuff that we learned that from. And um, soon as we was able to kind of figure that out between one another, you know, we seeing our dads kind of talking and they hitting it off. And it was just like a, like, we already knew this was going to happen because right. it's just like, right. we already hitting it off. So, yeah, man. So, like, when we talk about musical influence, um, you know, I want to ask you, like, how has music shaped, shaped you? Because music has definitely shaped me um, in so many ways of just being calm, just being being understanding that, you know, um, I can just be me and I ain't got to worry about nobody else. And if you're not, you know, if you're not on my type of time, it's totally fine. It's right. just, I'm a different type of person. And, and honestly, that's just something that I think where we kind of seeing each other eye to eye. And that's, that's really why we brothers still to this day. So, right. um, kind of walk me through, you know, how has it, you know, shaped you? How has music shaped you? Man. So music, music has been a huge thing for me and it's been, a, it's been a therapy, um, in a sense. And Dior kind of hit on it. We were, we were both. Uh, old souls and the stuff that we listen to, Dior would knock on my room door a lot of the time and be like, you, you bringing me back, like, you know, and we're talking about you bringing me back, man. We were 17, 18 years old. But these were things that our moms and our dads would play. Um, and growing up for a little while, uh, my, my parents really didn't let uh, me and my brothers listen to the radio. I mean, yeah, you know, a little bit. We would hear songs and different things like that, but my dad didn't even play uh, the radio in his car. He had this old Forerunner, right? And he would have a, disc, a CD changer in there, and he would have always a Boogie Down Productions disc in there, a Prince disc, a Wu-Tang Clan disc, and a Tribe Called Quest disc. And he would have a big case of discs in his back seat. And at first, growing up, I'm like, man, this is, you know, this is lame. Like, I can't listen to none of the stuff that everybody listening to and all that stuff, but, but you know, as I grew up, 
and he would take me to football games. Uh, he would play certain songs, you know, that would get me hyped up. But these are songs from like 1986, 87. So now I'm listening to Boogie Down Productions and I'm like banging my head. Or I'm like, I'm, I'm eight, nine years old, old, listening to Cash Rules, everything around me. Like I'm listening to Wu-Tang Clan, Old Dirty, uh, all those guys, The Meth. Uh, shoot the RZA, the Jizza. Like I'm listening to them cats, mm-hmm. and and I look back, and I'm like, oh my goodness, those are the things that my musical foundation, yes sir, were built on. So yep. when I hear these samples from newer artists, and I hear those things, all of a sudden my mind it's already triggering. It's, it's already triggering me in my mind, and I'm like, this producer or this DJ or this person has done such a great work in sampling music that I essentially grew up on. Yep. Even though we weren't on a time period, yep. we were in a different time period, right? But and, it's, we, and, it's, and not to cut you off, and it's also, it's almost disrespectful when we got guys our age or, or people that's in the same realm that don't understand where that sample is coming it. from. And it's like, they, you know, it's, you know, everybody don't grow up the same, but it's just almost like you, 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 you're, you're truly thankful for for hearing that type of stuff because now right. you you feel even more seasoned when you hear samples from, you know, artists like Drake or J Cole. Like right. it's just crazy because they sampling Ray Charles, right. Otis Redding. They sampling people like they're sampling the Woo. They're sampling everybody, and it's like, man, like this, this is crazy. And people are like, oh yeah, this is the first time I've ever heard this song. I'm like, well, this is the first time you've ever heard this. But have you heard this sample? Yep. Um, yep. Which was was huge for me. So yeah, man, my my uh, my mom. If if I don't know if she still can, but man, I got this video and I send it all the time and I post it all the time. But my mom was break dancing like six years ago. She put down a piece of cardboard and was spitting oh, on her yeah, shoulder. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> so yep. it's it's the it's the culture that we were that we grew up in, and yep. I feel like if we don't pass down real music then we're gonna lose a piece of that culture so music has shaped me uh on top of the fact that i'm i'm jamaican so when i really get to a place where i'm overstimulated or it's too much uh i listen to reggae music and and i don't listen to it in a way uh you know just to listen to it i listen to it in a way where it really makes me feel like i'm closer to my roots it calms me it's relaxing um and it's something that really makes me feel good i can almost smell oxtail in the air when i'm listening to, mm-hmm. to my reggae music and and dior has met my jamaican family they came up for uh for my graduation and all that stuff so mm-hmm. he he knows a little bit of the, of the vibe there man my my grandparents and you know got cousins and aunties and uncles but uh, music Solid has people. been a huge, huge, huge part, you know, of my growth just as a man, period. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and when we talk about samples, and, and I alluded to it um, a few minutes ago, when we talk about samples and we talk about some of these artists like Drake, like J. Cole, many more, many more people have sampled, um, even, even uh, you know, e- even some of the newer school R&B and old school R&B people right. like... Erica Badu, Mary mm-hmm. J. Blige, that that stuff that they're sampling goes back to really the sixties and seventies. Right. The, the the originators. Shaka Khan. Yeah. You start yeah. really getting into it. Yes, sir. And looking at the influence. Uh, but even um, you've got Lauren Hill getting sampled by Kanye West, and then J. Cole sampling Kanye West yeah. sample of Lauren yeah. Hill and rapping on that, so it becomes a consistent chain yes, of that going on in the music game. Yep. Yep, and, and that kind of leads me to, um, you know, 
J. Cole, this, you know, um, pretty much this this piece that he said in one of his raps that I, I needed some of your help because I think going into the musical influence, this this topic that we were going to talk about, I want the narrow down because we could talk about this probably for hours, but I want to, um, you know, give the audience more so of a clear view of what we were, you know, wanting to um, touch on when we talked about how has music shaped us and this, you know, um, this part of J. Cole's song, he he pretty much said that I document my life with a, with rap beefs, love songs, and favorite albums. Apologies, mm-hmm. people. But to say it again, I document my life with rap beefs, love songs, and favorite albums. That's mm-hmm. essentially what Winston just said about, you know, all of the artists that, that, that he grew up listening to, all of, the, all of the artists that his dad made him listen to. Like, these were things that... It might have not have been his favorite album, but it was his dad's favorite album. And then he learned it so much that he understood rap beats. He understood the the, the love within these songs that his dad had. Like right. it, it goes so, you know, it goes it goes deep and into into truly understand that, you know, as an African American man, um, like we truly are originators. Right. Originators of a lot of different stuff. So it's it, it's a reason why we try to keep this stuff around because it means so much, you know, and, 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 and I guess for you to allude to that, cause these are some, you know, these are uh, some things that you, you kind of gave to me. If, if you want to talk about the J Cole, the J Cole, um, lyric, you could definitely do that. Man, I w- I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. And this is where, you know, music, music hits so deep and the next, the next quote is even, you know, is yep. even deeper with it. Yep. Um, I remember college, um, and I don't remember college just in years. I remember college in music. Uh, so I remember college from albums <laughs> correct, correct, <laughs> that were correct, dropped. Correct. Uh, and not really, you know, not really just in years, period. Yeah, football. I remember in football and schedule and, uh, you know, uh, the monotony and graduation and class and this, that, and some more. But, you know, I remember 2015 getting into school. And I remember that because What a Time to Be Alive was five, six days from dropping. Mm-hmm. And then I remember uh, Dirty Sprite 2 by Future, you know, was just coming out freshman year, walking to workouts. Mm-hmm. And I remember clicking on the first song and it was, I served a bass. And it was it was something I had never heard before and playing that, that thing all the way times. through. Um, you know, it was just, was just kind of pivotal because um, all those walks and bus rides and car rides and different things like that you took in order just to put yourself in transit from class to workouts to back to the dorm, um, you know, you're playing music. And that was something I had to have. If I left my headphones, again, let me say it again. If I left my headphones in the dorm, the day was automatically a tick lower than it should have been. Because now I'm not going mentally into that place of peace by being able to listen to my music. That's a damn nugget. (laughs) Say that again for the people. If I left my head, and and I'm like that to this day. I can't ride on a plane without headphones. If I leave my headphones, uh, it's a tick tick lower, you know, in my day than it would have been. Now my day started off on a bad note. Uh, So, yeah, man, like documenting my song with rap beefs. I'll talk about this. My freshman year, I did a final uh, and I broke down the anatomy of the Drake Meek Mill rap beef. Mm-hmm. I played both songs with everybody. I gave pros and cons on reasons why Drake should have won, why Meek Mill should have won. 
Um, and I played them raw, like explicit. I played back to back. I played charged up. I played war pains, you know, all that stuff. And, and if the class was longer, I would have even been able to play Story of Adidon uh, <laughs> when Pusha T came back and drank. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that was something that was huge for me. And then love songs, man. Like, I remember playing love songs that I had no business listening to and mm. I didn't understand the words, but now as a grown man and we're starting to see what marriage looks like and we're starting to see what uh you know moving in with a with a with a a significant other looks like and we're starting to see our friends have children and we're starting to see those different things mm -hmm. now i'm like yo these love songs actually make sense but i remember uh laying in my bed man and, and listening to to you know Wale's breakup song mm -hmm. because another girl you know kissed kissed the dude at the at the skating rink yep. you know and yep. I'm I'm playing Wale's breakup song like man look man you 11 years old you don't know what what Wale talking <laughs> about with this with this man he he really talking that real you I was 13 14 hurt. man whatever it was um, <laughs> I'm listening to some so I'm listening to uh, Chris Brown with you with you with yep. you and I'm all like, man, she she never gonna talk to me again in school, um, you know. And that was just music because yeah. those things were the things that could really pull at your emotions and your heart spring heartstrings to to get you to that certain place. So um, you know, that's why that's why I think that quote by Cole is one of my favorite ones. Okay, now now take us into this into this into this next one. This last quote by Drake, you got you got he he said quote. Damn, I swear sports and music are so synonymous because we want to be them and they want to be us. Mm -hmm. And the more and more I read that, that truly is what it is. Right. That truly is what it is. Usually, <laughs> usually when we looking at these rap artists and, and, and we talking about Future, or we talking about Gunna, we talking about all types of rap artists, we kind of we um, relate to them in a way where it's just so, it's, it's super vibey to the point where it's just like, man, we just want to, almost live the life that these rap artists are living. Right. And then when you listen to them, they kind of talk about us and, 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 and their music. Um, when we talk about sports or Drake talking about LeBron all the time, he right. essentially, you see Drake, you know, he'll go to a, a Kentucky Wildcats game and put on the sneaker. Like, he, want, he <laughs> wants to be a ball player. So kind of kind of walk me through what, what, what Drake was alluding to. Man, um, so I was talking to my my good man, my good friend, man, Trey Bell. He's over there at the University of Ackerman. Shout out, shout out B, shout out Trey Bell, man, one of the best cornerback coaches in the nation. Um, I was talking to him about this the other day because we constantly send each other back and forth mm -hmm. um, producers making music on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if guys ever watch producers. You know, everybody always sees rappers go out or singers go out or performers go out and do things but they never see the djs and the producers and the work that they put in mm -hmm. behind the scenes so yep. trey sends me um and specifically he sends me the ryan leslie song addiction all the time with cassie and fabulous on there so and and when you look at that clip ryan leslie is playing on the synthesizer on the piano he's working on the beat pad stacking mm. those two things he's mixing it and then he gets in the booth and sings the chorus and if you watch how hard he's working and how fast his gears are turning it's inspiring because it's art mm. so now let's go back to the quote i swear rap and music are so synonymous or excuse me i swear rap and sports are so synonymous they want to be 
because I want to be them and they want to be us. Mm -hmm. um, we are that now from a sports perspective. Yeah, from an art perspective. We go from mm -hmm. rappers playing on the field to now we are coaches as producers mm -hmm. and we are putting forth that product to be performed in front of 50, 60, 70,000 people yep. on a day-to-day -day, or excuse me, week-to-week -week basis. That they don't see. That they do not see. And this is not us sitting here taking the credit for it because yeah. that's not what it is. That's not what it is. But it's yep. so simple that uh, Metro booming leaves. If young Metro don't trust you, we gon' mm. you know what I'm saying? Right. So you right. know the tag he put the work in for this, but now Future is going to perform it. Yep. Now Drake is going to perform it. Yep. Young Thug is going to perform it. So you know when you look in the bio, Coach Dior, Coach Debo, they put in work with these guys, but guess what? It's not for them to perform anymore. It's for those guys to go and perform. Mm -hmm. But behind the scenes, just like Ryan Leslie was going hard and his gears were turning and he was pressing on the beat pad synthesizer and he was in there and he recorded it over and over and over and over. Yeah. I'm in that office yeah. and I'm working and my gears are being grinded and Sorry. I'm thinking because I'm working and I've got to get that one pass rush move to work for this guy yeah, and I've got to get this guy's footwork right and his hand placement's got to be different. But that's what Drake was talking about. Yes, sir. Because Drake and them, they want to be ball players, man. But at the end of the day, they know they'll never be that. And we know we'll never be rappers. And even some ball players are trying to rap now. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I'm going to let them do their thing. Um, that's a small part of, of a lot of people's lives as, as football players and basketball players and et cetera. But um, that's where I come from now, man. I'm, I'm not... I'm not the future. I'm not the Beyonce anymore. I'm not the Rihanna anymore, but I'm just the murder on the beats now. I'm just the Kanye West now from a producing standpoint. I don't believe in his political views, <laughs> just yeah. so I could say that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just a Ryan Leslie now. I'm just a, you know what I'm saying? I'm the, a, the I'm work, a, the work uh, you're putting in. The, the work yeah. that I'm putting in. Yeah. Definitely a great talk that we had today. Um, on coaching, the process of success, creating a healthy circle, and musical influence. And um, to be totally honest, I just wanted to thank my brother Winston for being on this podcast. He's my um, second featured guest. And um, specifically, I, I definitely see this thing doing, I definitely see this podcast doing big things. It's just kind of like how we alluded to starting ground up, um, starting ground up, laying the foundation. And from there, you will start to see things and things will start to become more clear, um, you know, as you go. So I definitely appreciate my audience. If you haven't tapped into um, Barbershop Talk with Jonathan Johnson, please go do so. Rate and review. Um, it is on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you haven't tapped into the first episode, um, please do so as well and do the same with rating and reviews and let me know um, what you guys think. But I also... Um, just wanna just wanna say, please tap into this um, to this episode. It's definitely gonna be um, very impactful, um, not only for the for the the target audience that essentially the the people that we surround ourselves with um, on a daily ba basis when it comes to um, you know the the, the football um, perspective of, of 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 young kids, the youth, college kids, or, or people um, who are who are ex athletes, but people who just love to listen to 
um, good talk around the topics that we touched on and people that are in our network who would love to support us. I definitely encourage you guys to um, take a listen to this, um, to this, to this podcast with Perfecting Progression. Winston, my man, do you do you want to kind of go out with anything and, and, and say anything? But again, I definitely appreciate you. Man, I appreciate you too. This has been a blessing. Uh, it's huge just being able to see the people you know that you love and care about in your life uh, formulate uh, creative ideas like this and then bring it to life. Uh, at first, man, I was like, man, this dude Dior is making this podcast. I don't know what this dude is going to be talking about. And when he came out with such a well-formulated plan, he came out on a mission Everything was patented. Everything was uh, well-formulated and just tight. I was like, man, this dude is doing it. And it was nothing but just me being proud in my heart. So uh, this was cool. It was awesome. It's awesome to watch um, the people you love and you care about build a brand. So uh, y'all follow me on on Instagram. Uh, Follow me on Twitter. I'm sure Dior will go ahead and he'll tag both of those things. And uh, share this thing. Share it to your grandmama. Share it to your friends. Share it to your grandpapa. Uh, share it to your aunties, uncles, and your cousins. Yes, All sir. Right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, my brother Winston. Um, again, folks, go out, perfect progression, find ways where you can do that. And um, definitely, um, I'm over here cooking up for the next episode. So be on the lookout for that one. And hopefully everybody, um, you know, enjoys um, the rest of their day and, and, and the rest of their week.